We are back, baby. Yes. Yeah. The Cowboys are back. Super Bowl is back in the plans. Let's go. Live from the Elder Family Media Room, it's the Elder Family Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, my brother Jonah and Micah, and my dad Corey. What is happening, people? My name is Corey. And my name is Micah. And you are tuned in to episode four of the Elder Family Football Podcast. And Micah, let me just start by saying, whoever predicted the demise of the Dallas Cowboys was surely wrong. I don't know who that guy was. I don't know why he did that. I'm not sure why he was so fickle after last week. But uh, what we saw today was an impressive performance from our Cowboys, right? Uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, I... I think uh, we all know who the person who the person was that, that that predicted the downfall of the Cowboys. Yeah, I'll never admit it. I'll never admit it. I, I I've told you guys before. I ride a roller coaster with these guys. Um, after last week, I was extremely negative on them. As a matter of fact, all the way up until yesterday, I had a conversation at the Little League football games with a friend of mine about them, and uh, was ready to shovel dirt on the casket, man. After what we saw last week, but. To their credit, Dan Quinn and the boys put together a defensive performance for the ages. Um, Dak Prescott looked good, 28 of 34, 261 yards and a touchdown. Um, Cooper Rush even got in on the action, right? Number 10, yeah. our favorite backup in the league, right? He was two for two. I mean, I don't know about, yards. okay, he's not my favorite backup. He's not my favorite Gardner Minshew. Ooh, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, the fighting mustache is your favorite backup. Yes. I like it. I'm okay with that. Rushing numbers from the Cowboys, nothing super impressive, but a pretty good team effort. Tony Pollard had 11 carries for 47 yards. Cavante Turpin, and we we saw this play. Uh, one rush for 46 yards on a jet sweep that he then abruptly fumbled at the end of the yeah. run. Thank God, uh, number 84, the tight end was right there to uh, to bail him out at that time. Rico Dowdle had three carries for nine yards. Deuce Vaughn, eight carries for nine yards. And my new favorite player, Hunter Lepke. Who is that? A fullback, man. A full, a real live fullback in the NFL. Hunter Lepke, two carries for four yards. This is a guy that plays a pure fullback position from North Dakota State. Played for the Bison in college. I uh, didn't even know that was a college, and I didn't even know that was a state. Yeah, man, that's legit. It's it's a uh, a really cool smaller program up in uh, obviously in North Dakota. But this is a guy that wears number forty. He is a true, real deal fullback, and uh, I like him. I like him a lot. So, but he had a couple well, of carries well, today, well, and the fans like seem to so like much? him because he's just a throwback player. You know me; I'm an old school guy. So, I like. But how is he so old school? Because he is a pure. There's not many pure fullbacks left in in the game of football, especially at the the professional level. Well, what That's is pure fullback? A what guy is your definition. That, a guy that lines up in the backfield, and his primary primary role is to be a lead blocker for the back for the running back. It doesn't really happen a lot in the pro game these days, and frankly, it doesn't happen much in the college game anymore because it's all you know wide open and fast, and they throw the ball a lot. But this guy reminds me; it's a throwback for me to the Cowboys in the '90s and uh, fullback by the name of Daryl Johnson. They called him the Moose. I don't know if you remember that, or well, you probably heard him as a commentator. I think he's on Fox's uh, number two commentary team for their NFL um, NFL Sundays. But nonetheless, we've got sidetracked for way too long on Hunter Lumpke, but. He's a guy that I really liked. Uh, receiving the ball was thrown to a lot of different guys today. Jake Ferguson tied in seven receptions for 77 yards. Gallup had five receptions for 60 yards. CeeDee Lamb, four receptions for 36. And then there's several more 
that are mixed in there. But bottom line is, all around full domination of the New England Patriots. Now, the Patriots are not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination this year, but they are but, still the Patriots. Neither were the Cardinals last neither week. Were the Card- but uh, I feel like I feel so bad for Zeke right now. You feel bad for him? Why? Cause like he could have been on a team that beat them thirty four to three or whatever they beat. But well, he also could have took a pay cut and still been on the Cowboys. He chose not to do that, so he got what he asked for. Yeah. <laughs> he stole enough money from Dallas, so we needed to take something back from him. The story of the game, though, is that defense. That Cowboys defense had uh, looks like one, two. Two total defensive touchdowns on the day, one by Leighton Vander Esch, the other by Deron Bland. Uh, great, great interception by Deron Bland right before the uh, end of the first half. Took it back for a touchdown. This is the guy that, that the Cowboys are going to lean on heavily to make up for the um, for the loss of, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, um, Trayvon. Trayvon Diggs. Lord of mercy, I drew a blank there. But uh, Looked good today. Looked like they had a, a full week to plan to be without Trayvon and uh, – you know, it worked out for us, so I'm high again right now, high on the Cowboys, high on our chances to uh, play football deep into February. If you're yeah. watching this on Facebook Live, you'll see that I'm I'm back in the, the defensive 5-5, the Leighton Vander Esch today, what, uh, but, tipping my cap to the Cowboys defense. But uh, what, are, what are they going to do if, like, Leighton Vander Esch or Michael Parsons or somebody get like that get hurt? My next man up, man. It's the next man up mentality. It's all you can do. But then they already took so, and I have a feeling somebody, another person on our defense is gonna get hurt this year. That's just how. Why are you so negative today, man? I'm not. I'm not. This is this is not being me. <laughs> Dude, you're this like is, the Grim Reaper right now. Stop. This is not me being negative. This is me just saying this happens basically to every NFL team. It's the NFL. It, yeah, they have two or two or three on offense and defense get hurt, and so if we had someone like Micah Parsons or uh, Zeke or Vanderish get hurt. Then what would we do? You just go to the next man on the bench. I mean, the NFL players, are they're all special to some extent. Obviously, some are better than others. Some have more game uh, experience than others. You just do oh, yeah. what you got to do. But in the meantime, you don't create scenarios where guys are hurt. You play with what you got, so you need to do something else. So don't be the Grim Reaper, man. Let's celebrate it. Pound it. Bang. Oh, he, he got me. Let's, uh, let's celebrate like today. That. It's a great day uh, to be a Cowboys fan. Now, if you've tuned in the last three episodes, you've known that we've we've broadcasted live or, or recorded our podcast during the Cowboys game. We didn't have the opportunity to do that today because of, I'm going out of town uh, next week for work, so I had some chores that I had to get shored up this afternoon. Oh, yeah. So we're not we didn't plug this in until after the game, but that's okay. That's why we did our Cowboys recap first. You'll probably also notice oh, yeah. that we're short one host today. We're missing Jonah. Uh, Jonah is here, but he wanted to wanted a night off. He uh, so we're set him out, and we're back to the original two, just Micah and myself, and Jonah will be back with us next week. So I think after all of that, we've talked Cowboys, and you guys know that we're very high on what's going on with them right now after today. So we're going to transition into, that's right, the Elder Family Football Update. EFFP, so, Elder Family Football Update. My- uh, we won. <laughs> we won, that's right. We uh, won against Dayton. We played Dayton White. And we beat we beat them twenty to sixteen. Twenty to sixteen. We had uh we had some uh big big plays, I will say. But we also had some bad plays and we had we had ups and downs that game, I would say. Yeah, so walk us through your recap. Tell us what you thought went well 
and what you thought did not go well Saturday, things we need to focus on moving forward. Start with whichever one you want. Okay, so we're going to start with kickoff because that's the first thing you do on every game. Okay. We need to work on staying in our lanes. Okay. And tackling. Tackling okay. is the biggest thing right now. Okay. Because we there's this, there's one player that, I'm not kidding, broke through 11 men. 11. Think about that. One person who broke through 11 tackles. Well, almost 11, probably. Yeah, somewhere around there. It felt but, like 11. But still, he broke, he came from one sideline all the way to the other sideline and then got all the way to the end zone from the other sideline. Yeah, so we, we try to be a little strategic with our kickoffs and be a little tricky and uh, start off with a, I guess what you'd call an onside kick, but more than anything, it's just a strategic kick into the gap between uh, some of the frontline guys on the receiving team to try to get in that soft area between the first and first and second lines on the receiving team and have an opportunity to steal a possession. We've yeah. done that well a couple of times this year. We've stolen that possession, and then there's been two weeks in a row now that we have have not found success there, and, and really what we found is, is something that's a detriment to the team, and that's a um, guy on that front line that ends up with the ball and then has a pretty significant return, right? We saw one last week pop for a touchdown, and, and really for the most part, I haven't looked at the film yet. I will tomorrow, but um, I, I feel confident in saying that the vast majority of the drives – Offensive drives that the Dayton White team started, they started in our territory on our side yes. of the 50 because of that. So I think we'll make some tweaks there moving forward. I haven't talked with the other coaches yet, but we'll put our heads together and, and see what we can do strategically to try to um, get ourselves out of those situations. What else? Talk to me about what, uh, what, you, what you observed Saturday. One thing I observed, defense. I observed a lot of defense. Uh, we had a couple changes. We had, I moved to linebacker for one defense <laughs> of drive. Uh, yeah. I almost got a tackle. And during that same defensive drive, there were some hard hits. I'll put it that way. Hard hits. That's fair. That's a fair point. Uh, Trevor moved to cornerback. So, now, while we're on the topic of Trevor, the end of the game, he... <laughs> I don't know what happened. Just he just randomly he he went out. I don't know. No, it wasn't random. He had a long run, a uh, long long run, great run by once again a guy that we can't talk enough about on this podcast. How important he is to to our team and and just to you know the, like I said the team in general. He's he's easily you know one of the primary leaders on the team. Leads by example. Runs well. Runs hard. And we run him a lot. And we run him a lot on purpose yes. because he is a. He's an incredible weapon, but he broke a long run and, and got caught from behind by one of the defenders. And when they tripped him up, he fell. You know, he, he's, he's a big guy. He's moving fast. And all of that speed and momentum fell down onto, I believe it was his right shoulder when he hit the ground. And, uh, you know, there was some initial thought at first that the injury might be fairly serious. There was some talk about maybe a collarbone or something with the shoulder. But uh, fortunately for, for him and number, number one for his health, fortunately for his health, but uh, secondly, once you know his health is okay, you start to feel fortunate for the team that it ended up just being a stinger is what I got a report from his dad said they felt like it was just a stinger after he was looked at and, and he's going to be okay. And, and that, that's important for us because we have a bye week next week. So we have a couple of guys, Trevor being yeah. one and one of our other Chase. impact players, Hoover is, is hurting a little bit in his back. Uh, just, you know, typical mid-season football type stuff, but those guys are going to get a week to heal so, up. So while we're on the topic of defense, 
DJ had a really good game. DJ had a very good game from the nose guard position. He made a couple of solo tackles, had two fumble recoveries, one of which was at the end of the game in a very big spot where they had the ball, us up 20 to 16. And they were trying to put together a drive, and, and they had him. Actually, he did it twice. There were two times that they had yeah. the ball uh, at the end of the game that they fumbled, and DJ recovered both of those fumbles. And unfortunately, we turned the ball back over to them and gave them another chance, and then DJ was able to, to put his stamp on it and, and get that ball back also. What's interesting about that last drive, too, they um, tried to take advantage of us in the passing game. They tried to throw a swing pass. They had this weird little set where they split out four receivers to one side and then try to throw a swing pass to one of them out behind the other three. And, and I mean, this is before Trevor got hurt. Trevor broke on, on one of those swing passes and had the quarterback not thrown the ball high, and I'm talking just a few inches high out of his reach, uh, he almost picked that off and went back for a touchdown right there. You know who else almost did? Who? CJ. If if CJ, like, remember the, the quarterback threw it at CJ? If CJ, uh. if CJ, like, would, if that didn't hit, if, if that would have been thrown just a little bit lower, CJ would have caught that and yeah, I, I, at least went back for a good five or ten yards. I believe you. I don't remember that one, but there's so remember much going on sometimes CJ, that I miss those. Remember in the middle of the game, uh, CJ was like, CJ was at the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Quarterback throws the ball, hits his helmet. Yeah, I remember that. And then there was a flag for and yeah. for whatever the flag is when you purposely throw the ball at someone. Yeah. So what you keyed on a while ago, though, that I think's worth talking about. There was a move that we made in the second half. We moved you from the right corner position to the inside linebacker position that Trevor Markwright normally plays, and we flexed him out to the cornerback because they were having a crazy amount of success running around the edge. And, and where it's – Not know, my fault. Wow. Why, why, why do you say Okay, that? so the one time that they did break on me, I feel like I did my job, but I didn't do my job, you know? So, like – the quarterback, they had four men on one side, nobody on the other side. So I turned the quarterback in, which I'm supposed to do, but I completely forgot that there was not a linebacker there. Yeah, I was going to say, And it, there was just a safety. <laughs> so I, for, I completely forgot that part. Yeah, you can't, you can't to, turn the ball carrier back into air and, and yeah. expect that to work yeah, out. Yeah, because right? normally, like, Turn him in. I have two linebackers coming. The safety coming. I don't know, but listen, B, B, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. there's, we put him out there because it helped, and it did help. I mean, you mentioned a big hit that Trevor had while he was at that position. I mean, it was a, a monster hit and a, a very legal and clean shot. But, uh, man, that guy, um, he, he launched out like a rocket. And, fortunately, the kid from Dayton that was running the ball ended up being okay um, after that. But, man, it was it was pretty violent over there. But, the reality is uh, what we were trying to do wasn't working, so we made some changes, and, and it worked a little bit better at the time. We'll go into next week. Like I said, we have a bye, so we have two weeks to kind of play with all this stuff and get ready before we have to play the Crosby uh, Cougars in two weeks in Crosby and, uh, and then don't see we what we can fix. Dolphins after Miami? Huh? Don't we play Dolphins after? No, I think we go Barrett next, and then we go Dolphins. So we've got a pretty good – And then we go back to country. Then we well no cut and shoot comes to us but we've got a four game run here to end the season two of those games are against uh, one is one of the games against the MC Dolphins in about three weeks is against an undefeated team that's easily one of the better teams in the division that we play in and uh, the Crosby team has has been pretty good also they they have um, I don't know if they're undefeated or not I know that they won their first game two to zero 
Uh, real defensive struggle how with Barrett. Two, they got they a safety. Two to zero. One, they got a safety. It was the only score of the game. It was a two to zero win over Barrett to start the year. But it's a team that we scrimmaged, and they are a talented team defensively, especially. They've got a couple of really big defensive ends that love to crash and hit, and uh, they play a real aggressive style of football, which is what we try to do also. So it should be an interesting matchup when oh, we get on the field with them. One thing. Why was uh? Uh, do you, do you, this is, I'm, this is just a question I'm asking you. Okay. Do you think we may change up our defense or keep it the same? I think, I think every single week, all of our coaches, we have a really good group of coaches. I think every single week, all of us think through what we can do differently to be better than we were the week before. Right. And so if you ask me, do I think we may change up our defense? Ultimately, that'll be up to our defense coordinator, Coach Hoover, to make that decision. But um, I'm sure that we'll all have input. And once again, we're always swapping things up to try to get better. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a team sport. And um, individuals can't, I mean, can't take it personally when they're moved from one spot to another or moved out of a spot and replaced with another guy. Because at the end of the day, our responsibility is not to the individual kid, no matter who that kid is, whether it's you as my kid or one of the other coach's kids or anything. Our responsibilities to the team and to everybody out there that's trusted us with putting them in a position to be successful. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to do the best we can to do that. So I would say uh, every week, everything has a opportunity to be <laughs> to be shaken up and mixed up and, and try to take no, something that's not working question. and make it work. Yes. Do you think we're going to kick it deep next week? I'm going to advocate for that very strongly. I, I think yeah. that uh, I think we probably need to. Uh, you Not know, like kick deep. back and kick back and try to focus on getting back to just basics on the kickoff. Um, at the same time, what we have been doing, it works when we execute it properly. But um, the thing is, it's just it's a bit of a risky proposition every time we get out there and try it. So we'll once again, we will work those things out next week in practice and into the following week in practice. And hopefully, by the time we show up to play the Cougars and and on October fourteenth, we have those wrinkles ironed out. But the reality of the situation is this. Our team is 3-1. and one. Uh, The game we lost, we lost to a very tough Dayton Purple team, but we were in that game the whole way and uh, cleaned up a couple little mistakes in that game, and we ended up winning it. Then we went and won a game pretty big against Cut and Shoot and had a game last week that we won on the last second drive after having an 18-point lead, and then won yesterday, 20-16, uh, once again, another scenario where we had the ball late and drove the field and ground the clock out and ended up winning the game. So we're doing what we're supposed to do, which is winning games. And the good news is we're winning games while also understanding that we are um, we still have a lot of areas to improve in. So if we figure out how to fix those things that are not going well and everything starts clicking at the right time, we got four weeks to clean it up before the playoffs, we, we should be a very hard out once we get to and, the playoffs. Uh. Do you think we – how do we? How do y'all do it in the playoffs? Like, I don't get it. Is there uh, – this side of the – this side of East Texas and this side of East Texas? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, how do you guys, like, bracket the playoffs? <laughs> well, they take all the teams. There's 13 junior teams. They'll rank those teams 1 through 13, and then they'll build, uh, you know, build a – two different brackets the number one and two seed will go on separate sides and then fill in everything else well one will play you know I think you typically would start with like maybe 13 and 12 play each other and then one plays the winner of that and it's going to work its way through by ranking 
And at the end of the day, the final two teams standing after the weekend of November 12th and 13th will move on the following week to play in the Super Bowl in Livingston. Hey, and while we're on the topic of Elder Family Football, uh, it's like good news. I won the Retro Bowl. <laughs> no one knows what that means. Retro Bowl. If you know what Retro Bowl is, I won the Retro Bowl against an undefeated team. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a computer game, though, bud. So, uh. Proud of you, but uh, we want to. We want. It's still win. good news. It is good news, but we want to win the real one. But while we're on the topic of elder family football, we normally would take some time right now and discuss Jonah's junior high game. But we traveled to Sour Lake over to play Harden Jefferson on Tuesday, and they played about six minutes into the first quarter, and the lightning began, and the game was delayed, and then all of the junior high games or middle school games were were canceled on Tuesday because of weather, which. Uh, was not, you know, not very cool. Jonah was very upset. I know there were a lot of kids who were upset. They didn't get an opportunity to play this week. But at the end of the day. Actually, Jonah did get to play, but not play. He got to play a little bit. He only he got two carries. Yeah. He didn't get to play as much as he wanted. And at the end of the day, obviously, player safety is, is first and foremost in the minds of all the people putting those those games on, both schools. And uh, it's probably the best decision to get out of there and to head back home. But I believe they might have played little inter-squad scrimmages this week during the athletic period. But uh, we'll be back next week with Jonah with a full recap of what happened to them. I believe Tuesday they go to, or Thursday of this week, one of the two, they go to Livingston, I believe, to play the Livingston Lions. So um, they will, we'll, we'll get an update on that when that happens. Huh? Livingston's far away, but it's not far away. Well, Livingston's in their district, uh, so it's just that time of year where we're getting into I feel like Livingston should be bigger than... Well, they're not, bud. They're not. They're in our district, Huffman's district, so... All right, do we have anything else? Oh, I know what else we have to add on on Elder Family Football. We have um, Peyton. We talked last week about our cousin Peyton Elder. He... Played another flag football game up in Round Rock where they live. They ended up losing this game. Peyton played very well. I think he threw for one touchdown and one interception. And uh, we're trying to get connected with him to insert an episode of Cousin Corner into episode four of the Elder Family Football Podcast. And if we get the opportunity to do that, when the recording of the podcast comes out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which should be sometime in the next day or two, that Cousin Corner interview with Peyton will be inserted in there. So, if there's nothing else on Elder Family Football, we'll get ready to move on to... EFFP, Texas High School Football Update. That's right, the Elder Family Football Podcast High School Update. Now, our hometown Huffman Falcons were off this week. They had a bye, so they did not have a game. They had an opportunity to... Rest a little bit, get healthy, get some players back. One big piece of news out of Huffman. Uh, for the first time this year, Friday night, when they take the field against Livingston, uh, Hunter Navarro will be in action. It's his first action since I believe his dad told me last October. Hunter's had a, a rough run of luck with injuries over um, what happened? the last little bit. He had, I believe this last one was, was a knee injury. The one before, I believe he broke, broke his arm or broke his hand or something of that nature in the season last year. But he is a very, very talented kid. He's another member of that sophomore group for the Falcons that we talk about quite a bit. Um, so it'll be nice to see him get inserted in there and, and see see what he can do, see what he can do to help this team. I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. Even though they are winless to this point and things have not looked great, the rest of their district really hasn't looked great either in, in their games. I mean, Lumberton looks to be catching their groove a little bit and moving forward. 
Vider is Vider. They're always going to be a tough team to stop uh, with that that wing T slot T type offense that they run. But they really haven't played anybody that gives us any real idea of who they are. Little Cypress Mauriceville, they're going to be okay too, but they've struggled. Uh, they lost Friday night to the same legacy school of sports sciences that Huffman's got a loss to earlier this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Splendor is really bad. That that's a team that we should be able to beat. Livingston's a winless team too. So we're going into game one of district against Livingston. They're winless. We're winless. Somebody's going to win on Friday night, and there's playoff spots to be had. So we we continue to hope and believe that this young Huffman Falcons high school team is going to get it put together on the varsity level and make a little run and hopefully make some noise and get into the playoffs. You got anything yes. to add on that, Jonah? Jordan, excuse me, Micah. Oh. I do it all the time. It's not a surprise. Just like my teacher did. <laughs> anything to add on that, Bob? Um... Uh, I'm going to take that as a no and move on into some scores from around the area. Atascacita High School started district this week with a matchup against the Beaumont Westbrook Bruins. A 6 6 a matchup that Atascacita won 71 0. Now, is Atascacita good? Atascacita is incredibly good. Um, the flip side of that coin is that the Westbrook program has gone completely into. The Dumpster, they were a state finalist, I believe, back in 2019 when Eric Peavy was there. He's now the coach at Little Cypress, uh, the team that's in the district here with Huffman. And since that time, Westbrook has done nothing but but go south. And, and even more indication of how south they've gone is that they were defeated 71-0 this week by the Atascacita Eagles. So we'll keep our eyes on them. New Caney Porter, 35-7 over Baytown Sterling. So... That's another team from my area that is continuing to roll. Let's see, North Shore with a 42-6 win over C.E. King. C.E. King is a salty program that um, has, has done well. They made a deep run into the playoffs last year out of the fourth seed in that district. They, they were behind um, Katie, Atascacita, and North Shore getting into the playoffs there and made a run to, I believe, almost the, not even the state quarterfinals, but uh, they took it on the chin from North Shore last night, or Friday night. Barbers Hill. Over Goose Creek Memorial, 70 to 0. That's two 70 plus two games. Two 70-point games and one Friday night out of the same area. Uh, Goose Creek is, is terrible. Terrible. They're, they're terrible. terrible. Uh, but Barbara Hill bounces back from a subpar performance and loss last week to Laporte and uh, shows back up. Hangs 70 on Goose Creek Memorial. Uh, Port Arthur Memorial. Is that three? What? Three 70 games? There is not, but this was almost another 70 game. And this involves a team that we've talked about each week. Uh, more logs on that uncontrollable fire in the city of Crosby as they go to 0-6, losing to the Port Arthur Memorial Titans 63-31. to um, Almost. Man, I don't know what else to say about Crosby other than almost another 70-point game. I don't know what else to say about Crosby other than dang. You suck. No, that well, no, well, they don't suck. Dude, don't do that. They don't <laughs> suck, but they're not the best. Yeah, well, they're, they're not. They're not the. They're not the old, old Cougars. They're having a tough year. We we've talked to death about what happened over there in the off season that I believe has has been a a big big issue for this program. But but that happens. So we'll move on from them. We won't won't pour any more salt in their wound. But yeah, Nederland thirty four, Dayton zero. Port Natchez Groves beats Texas City 38-23. to um, I'm looking for some specific scores in here down in 
Oh, Jose said I was on buy, so I was going to update you on my, my beloved Bobcats, but they were on buy this week, so nothing to report Are they in there. Huffman's? Huh? Are they in Huffman's? No, they're not. They're in, uh, it's, they're, they're, they're a tiny little 2A school, man. They, they play with, like, West Harden and, and Groveton. What is and, that? What is that? Yeah, West Harden and Groveton. Look, man, we'll have a history lesson later on uh, about your dad's. Your dad's high school football heritage in those small towns that we did, used to did, run through back in the day. Have they always been 2A? Who, Dayzetta? Yeah. They were 2A when I was there, but back when I played, 2A was today's 3A. So they've fallen one classification since I was in school. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jasper. <laughs> Jasper lost a tight one to Hampshire Finette, 31-28. to So we'll be coming back next week with uh, more updates on high school football and and another update on our Falcons. Hopefully the Falcons get off the schneid and get the first win this Friday night. We will be rooting for them, and uh, we will just move on from there. So it's time for us to transition to our EFFP College Football Update. That's right, Elder Family Football Podcast College Football Update. So as I ask you every week, Micah, what was the game of the week? Texas. Texas. Who did Texas play? Do you remember? Uh, uh, Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas Jayhawks. Now, that doesn't always strike you as, man, Texas and Kansas being the game of the week because Kansas is not really your traditional college football power. They're, they're a basketball school for the most part. But looking right here, going into this game, Kansas was 4-1, right? Or they were 4-0, and actually. They're 4-1 and now that they've lost to Texas. Going into the game, they were ranked number 24 in the nation. And I said, I said to several people that, if there was a game that Texas was going to slip up and lose, it would be this game to Kansas, but they didn't. They took care of business. Longhorns came out with a 40-14 to 14 win. Kansas kept it tight for a while. Uh, they were, it, was, it was 10-10. to 10. It was tied at halftime, and then Texas kind of ran off on them in the, in the second half. Quinn Ewers, who we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, went 25 for 35, 325 yards, one touchdown and one interception. So pretty salty day for Mr. Ewers um, on Saturday. That man, Jonathan Brooks, Texas high school football royalty from Hallettsville, Texas. 21 carries, 218 yards. Okay. And two touchdowns. Can I – this is just a question. Okay. He looks like and plays like uh, – what's his name that's sponsored with Skittles? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. He <laughs> looks like him, plays like him, and that's just the truth. He just—I'm not kidding. I feel I, that's that may just be me. Just he does look like him, and he kind of does play like him. He, he plays. Jonathan Brooks is a great player. I remember seeing him in high school uh, when he was at Hallettsville, and he's really a guy that weren't really sure if he was going to be in the mix very much. Honestly, like he's—he's kind of sat behind. Um, he sat behind a couple of running backs last year, B. John Robinson, who went in the first round of the NFL draft, and then Roshan Johnson, who also went into the NFL draft and um, plays for the Bears now. And he sat behind them for a couple of years. And in the in the age of the transfer portal and the ability for these guys to move around, Brooks did not do that. He chose to stay there at Texas, and they brought in another recruit uh, behind him this offseason that was a one of the top recruits in the nation. And once again, Brooks could have chosen to bail out of there, and he didn't. He waited his time, and, and now he is making all the noise at Texas. He's getting all of the uh, all the accolades. He's a big piece of that team. From a receiving perspective, Adonai Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell had 10 receptions for 141 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, that man, Jatavion Sanders, ended up getting hurt after the second half. He did not come out after the first half in uniform. He came out in street clothes. Uh, one reception for 10 yards, but hopefully they Wait, held. he didn't come out in uniform? He, no, he was. He got hurt, and they went in halftime, and, and whatever it is that's wrong with him, I haven't heard a full report yet, but he couldn't play the second half of the game. Now, in good news, he was on the sidelines. He was standing. He was moving around well, so hopefully it's just a precautionary measure to keep him healthy. He's the number two tight end, number two NFL tight end prospect in the nation, uh, going, into nation. The next, going into the next year's April draft. So big piece of that team there at Texas, and hopefully – they can get him healthy and get him back on the field. Uh, Kansas had a few highlights, though. Like I said, they played well. Um, they had some, you know, long runs by a couple of their guys, kept them in the game. A couple of uh, good long passes from, from Jason Bean, one that went for a touchdown. Uh, so they, they did their best. They're just not quite on the level of a program like Texas yet, but I think that day's coming. And uh, hopefully they keep, they keep getting better, uh, you know, there at the program in Kansas. So... Moving on, what is the second game that you had your eyes on this week, Micah? Colorado and USC. Colorado and USC. So we talked at length last week about Colorado getting the break speed off of them by Oregon the week before, and it kind of being a moment where Colorado was exposed as maybe being a team that wasn't ready for the big time, and then they turned right back around after that beatdown at the hands of Oregon and had to deal with the number eight USC Trojans the very next week. It was a noon well, noon kickoff here. I don't know what time it would have been there, 10 a.m., whatever, or 2 p.m., whatever it was on the West Coast. But nonetheless, uh, Colorado did come out with the loss, but a much better showing than everyone was expecting after the beatdown last week. Uh, USC was on top, won that game 48-41, to but Colorado made it interesting toward the end of the game. They were down 34-14 to at halftime, and Colorado came all the way back and actually had a chance toward the end of the game to put a drive together and win it and just couldn't do it. And you know, ended up on the short side there. Caleb Williams, quarterback for USC, by all accounts, the top recruited or top rated quarterback in the nation and should be, should be the uh, number one overall pick in the NFL draft next year. His numbers 30 for 40, 403 yards, six touchdowns, six touchdowns through the air and one interception. And then um, compare that to Shadur Sanders for Colorado, who went 30 for 45, 371, four touchdowns and one pick. Uh, good numbers from Shadur, but man, those numbers from Caleb Caleb Williams just kind of uh, pop. Yeah, kind of pop off the page at you, especially that six six touchdown number. Um, other than that, it was a, a pretty pretty evenly matched game. Colorado had a receiver, Omarion Miller, had seven receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. Um, Taj Washington with USC had eight receptions for 117 yards and a touchdown. So. Uh, Colorado once again on the losing end, but looking better, competed better with a team that is, you know, in the upper echelon of the teams in the nation and has a really good chance of ending up in the college football playoffs, depending on what happens between them and Oregon. A couple other scores we watched last night, Notre Dame beating the Duke Blue Devils 21-14. Duke, another college, much like Kansas, that is more known or much more known for their basketball than their football, but they're starting to put together a pretty decent little program over there at Duke, and uh, they took Notre Dame right to the brink last night. We got to see that. Alabama got back into Alabama, looking like Alabama, right, with a 40-17 to win over Mississippi State. Still nothing, nothing super impressive about any of these numbers. I mean, Alabama's passing numbers, Jalen Milrow was 10 for 12, 164, no touchdowns. It's not 
that doesn't really jump off the page at you. They had several guys with a lot of carries to kind of spread the yardage around. Uh, but at the end of the day, they did what they needed to do to go in and beat a, a pretty average Mississippi State team. But nonetheless, a, a, Alabama has looked vulnerable, potentially. Do what? What are you doing? Stop. Uh, what are you doing? Stop. Micah, come on. <laughs> has looked vulnerable the last couple of weeks with some games that they probably should have won bigger than they did. Uh, so it's good to see them come up on top like that. LSU's another one that we looked at yesterday. Lost to the Ole Miss Rebels, 55 to 49. So that takes LSU to 3 and 2 on the year. To me, a lot of high scoring games in college, high school. And probably the NFL. Yeah, a lot of points being scored. Um, I don't know what that means exactly. LSU giving up 55 points is a rarity, uh, especially historically with LSU because they've normally been so strong defensively. So that's got to be a big change for folks in uh, in Baton Rouge. And, and, you know, season started off not really where they wanted it this year. Like I said, 3-2 and two on the year, 2-1 and one already in the SEC. with lost Ole Miss, and they've still got some pretty big hitters on their schedule moving forward. So we'll see what it looks like for LSU. Getting into the remainder of teams from the state of Texas that we like to talk about, the Aggies pulled one out. The unranked, unranked fighting Jimbo Fishers beat the Arkansas Razorbacks 34-22. to uh, Playing with a backup quarterback, Connor Wegman, was injured last week, and he's out for the year. Some inner Max Johnson uh, for the Aggies, 17 of 28, 210 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And, uh, you know, it, it's just – I don't know, man. I don't know what to believe about A&M. Uh, at this point, I believe that they are okay, but I don't think that they're great. But the one thing you can say about them is they are in the SEC. So if they want to re-enter the picture, all they got to do is win the games on their schedule. And they should have an opportunity to, to continue to move their way back up the rankings. Although having teams like Alabama struggling and teams like LSU losing doesn't really help running through the SEC either. But so we'll see how that turns out for them. The This one's for Uncle Jordan and Peyton and Titus, okay? We were a little rude to them last week by saying that we would not talk as much about Texas Tech football as they would like. So we will say on this podcast for the Round Rock Elders that Texas Tech did come out yesterday with a victory over the Houston Cougars, 49-28. to So... Uh, that guy that my brother Jordan left us a voicemail last week about, the quarterback, Bayron Morton, whoever that, that young man is, 14 of 22 for 161 and two touchdowns. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, that's about all I got to say on this. But, uh, you know, the Red Raiders with a big strong win over the mighty Wait, Houston Cougars. I have a question. What? Are they... D1? Yes. So this wait. is the Big 12, the Big 12 conference right here. Houston and Tech. That's a conference game. Wait, Houston is the Big 12. Yeah, Houston, this is their first year in the Big 12, but they are there, and, uh, you know, they're 2-3 and three and then 0-2 and in the Big 12 so far, so they're still looking for that first official Big 12 win in Cougarland. Baylor beats the University of Central Florida Knights. They come out with a 36-35 to Win so one point win there for the Bears, but gets them back in the win column and off of the Schneid. So, Micah, that's all that you and I went through and said we wanted to talk about yeah. from a uh, college from a college football perspective. So, do you got anything else to add on college before we move on? Uh, no, 
No, the answer is no. That's great, man. All right, so we'll move on to that's right, our other family football podcast, NFL updates. We already talked. Mikey, you're off chain tonight, bro. So we already talked pretty extensively about the Cowboys, so we'll leave that alone. The one thing I will say again, just in case you missed it earlier in the episode, is that we are back, baby. The Super Bowl push is back on for the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, please, please stop saying that. You're gonna, you're gonna mess it up. I just stop. You're gonna mess it up. So what happens every year? We're good. It's, trust me, it's and not then, me. It's not me. Well, you're well. People like you mess it up. <laughs> people like us. Okay. All right. So we are currently sitting here in the media room watching the Kansas City Chiefs hold a ten to zero lead over the New York Jets. Five minutes left in the first quarter, and we are watching the Fighting Taylor Swifts uh, go to work here against yes. the Jets. <laughs> they've they've shown ta- they've literally shown Taylor no, Swift all game, dude. All game. They've shown Taylor Swift in the suite. More than they've shown Patrick Mahomes on the field. It's it's terrible. It's insufferable. You know I can't deal with it. That's and that is why Travis Kelsey. With no, this is just in general. That is why, like, oh, uh, it feels weird when like celebrities date celebrities because then it's like they're always on the. Yeah, I mean, they're always on the team. And it's and and it's unfair for the people they're in the stands. I that, mean, four or five weeks ago. Four or five weeks ago, you would have never equated Taylor Swift with the NFL for anything other than maybe a halftime performer in the Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe someday when she's older and her career begins to flame out, she replaces Carrie Underwood to sing the Sunday Night Football intro song. Something like that. Not that I have to turn on Sunday Night Football and look at Taylor Swift in, like she's in, in her like suite. she's a star. Yeah, like she's the star of this man. She's a star in that's, her own right. But hey man, that's why that's why you don't need. I just can't wait for the day. Here's the day I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the day that she breaks up with Travis Kelsey, or better scenario, <laughs> he breaks up with her, and then we get the song on the new album about Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm waiting on. That might ruin his career. That won't ruin his career. That make that boost his career. Yeah, you never know, man. All right, so... But I don't think that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> so that's the game we're watching. We are clearly, clearly annoyed here with Taylor Swift. But uh, some scores from today around the NFL. A good day in the NFL. Buffalo Bills with a 48-20 to win over Miami. So we saw Miami put up 70 last week in their game. They got a lot of talk about them this week as the highest scoring offense in the league. Because he scored 70 points. Yeah, and Mike McDaniel, the genius, blah, 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 or whatever, whatever. And they come out and... and Put up 20 and give up 48 to Buffalo. So apparently Buffalo was tired of hearing about all of those things. And, and Mike McDaniel probably needs to go back to the drawing board and figure out what they're going to do moving probably, forward. Probably because they just got to be 20 to 48 and they played their first really serious team. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if it's... Who, else, who else did Let's they play? Oh, hang on a second. I can pull that up right now. Give me just a second. I'm going to let you know. Who else did they play here? Let's see. Well... Um, hang on, hold with us, hold, here we go, hold with us, podcast listeners, so, so far they've played the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Broncos, so yeah, uh, to your, to your point, their first actual serious challenge of the year, and they blew it, so uh, we'll see what happens with them moving forward, speaking of the Broncos, Mike, give it to us. That's right. Broncos country. Let's ride. That's Micah's favorite thing. Do stop. No, that's not my favorite thing. You say it all the time. But anyway. I say it all the time because I saw a subway ad that 
Mr. My Career Has Already Ended is on the subway ad and says, Broncos Country, let's ride. All right, Denver like, get, that's going to do something. Okay, Denver gets their first win of the season, 31-28, to over the uh, hapless Chicago Bears. Poor Justin Fields in that scenario. And then another game <laughs> I wanted Justin. to touch base on. All we needed was some help from Washington today. Oh, we needed. They, they couldn't. They couldn't have done what they did last year. We just needed Washington to beat Philadelphia today to to make the. I know it's early in the year, but nonetheless, and they couldn't pull it off. They Philadelphia beats the Washington Commanders, formerly known as Redskins, in overtime, thirty four thirty one, to remain undefeated and remain in the lead in the NFC East, the division the Cowboys are in. But uh, also, um. The they 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 ended their winning streak last year, so I don't know why they couldn't do it this year. Well, they just didn't get it done. So, uh, but we do have a message for all of our listeners in Philadelphia. In the words of Coach Prime, we coming. Wait, what? We coming. What? The Cowboys. We coming. Wait, wait, what? It's a message for Philadelphia. We coming. What? <laughs> one last game, and then we're gonna get off of here because this one is obviously. Uh, on the, the downslide here. My partner is, is not really locked in today for some reason. But I feel so tired. One last game that I wanted to mention, and uh, this pains me to say, but I wouldn't be a, uh, I wouldn't have, you know, integrity as a real, you know, podcast host if I didn't give credit where credit was due. The Houston Texans. God, the <laughs> quintessential JV franchise, franchise in the state of Texas. Beats the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-6. to And once again, for the fourth week in a row, C.J. Stroud is impressive, man. 16 for 30, 306 yards and two touchdowns. And just an absolute, um, you know, destruction of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Pittsburgh is not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination this year, but they have been a solid team. And we know defensively they have some – some solid guys, TJ? but but here's here's Houston just continuing to plug away, continuing to uh, look as though they are improving. I mean, I mean the. Uh, I I will say, not improving enough to be a Super Bowl, not Super Bowl material. Playoff second, first or second round of playoffs. You think playoffs for the Texans? Right now, with the way they've been playing at the beginning of the season. I don't know, man. They they got a long way to go before I'm yeah, to yeah. talk about that. But I know, I but but like if they play like this, how they are for the rest of the year, then I think maybe first, second round of playoffs. What I will say about them, and this is as far as I'll go. They're I good. think they've done some really good things this past off season. Mm-hmm. I think their draft picks were were very good. I would, I was not a C.J. Stroud guy, and I'm still not by any stretch of the imagination. But four games in. In his rookie season, on probably what's going to be the worst team that he'll play on in his career, a team that's rebuilding, coming off of, I believe, a one-win or two-win season, whatever it was last year. Um, you know, it's not going to get much worse for him, hopefully, if things keep going the right direction. He's playing good football. I like D'Amico Ryans. I like him as coach. I like the fact that he is a defensive first guy that likes to run the ball. I mean, they had a running back with 24 carries today. Damian Pierce, 24 carries. 81 yards, and then another 11, 13, 14, 15 carries spread out amongst four other Look, look up there. Look up there. Yeah, they four, have a, four other running backs. This is a guy that, that plays, looks like he's coaching football the way that I enjoy watching football, which is 
very much run first, kind of pass when you have to, play good defense to protect your offense. I mean, I really like what D'Amico Ryans is doing in Houston. If they'll leave him alone, they'll get out of his way, they'll let him do his job, I think there may be a path forward for Houston to to do okay. Yeah, um, definitely. Obviously, I'm always rooting against them, but I, I'm willing always. to give credit when credit is due. So, Micah, that's the end of our script, bud. We didn't have any voicemails that we wanted to talk through today. That's matter fact, crazy. Matter of fact, the boys are very, very disappointed. They both cried earlier today. When I, when I, no, we didn't. All right, they didn't cry. They didn't cry. They didn't cry. They didn't cry, but they were very sad when I told them that we had no voicemails, no text messages from last week. So, uh, listeners, if you're out there, don't forget, you are very much welcome and very much encouraged to reach out to us at 256-719-EFFP. That's 256-719-3337. Leave your voicemails, leave your comments, send us a text message to that number if you want to be on the show. Hey, can you go silence that for me, please? Uh, so, yeah, we got a phone call. We're getting a phone call right in the middle of our uh, podcast and Facebook Live. Don't answer that. Just the silence that we're getting off here anyway. Yeah. All right, and because of that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. But give us a phone call uh, this time between now and next week, and we'll get your comments and uh, questions on the show, and we'll talk about them. So, I don't really have anything else to add. Mikey, you got to say anything to wrap it up? Leave a voicemail. <laughs> Micah says leave, leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail at... Two five six seven one nine E F F P. That's right. That's two five six seven one nine three 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 seven. All Leave right. Until next week, we will be back again. Uh, have a good one and happy football.